Matthew chapter 5 and John chapter 4 tonight. Matthew chapter 5 and John chapter 4, if you will. And uh, we'll be in both of those places this evening. Matthew 5 verse 9 to begin with. And we'll close out tonight in John chapter 4. I do feel that I owe it to tell you that I found out today that I could have been a millionaire. I could have been. I'm not, <laughs> but I could have been. I invented something. Never actually invented it. I thought something up that should have been invented and told my wife about it. And I never had, man, you know how your ties, the little tie tail is never long enough? And I told my wife, I got a great idea about four or five years ago, and I invented it in my mind. I just didn't have the follow-through to do anything about it. And my wife, for the first time, we never had seen, I know they have tie clips, but I wasn't looking for a tie bar or a tie clip. I wanted it to all be hid behind it. And, and she, found, she found online today that somebody has invented that, and they're just selling them. And I thought that I would tell you all that I almost was famous and could have been a millionaire. And... Uh, but I'm not, so I'm here. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5 and uh, verse number 9. Let's stand tonight. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 9. And see, some of you men, you're just now realizing that, wow, that, that, that was a good idea. Because if you tie ties, you've, you've run into that problem. And uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 9. And... Uh, I feel, good about, I feel good about the fact that I thought about it before it was invented. Uh, Matthew 5 verse 9 tonight. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. What a, what a, what a statement, what a promise, what, a, uh, what, a, what a, an asking or a... Uh, requirement. Blessed are the peacemakers. Let's pray tonight. Lord, we ask you to help us. We pray you'd touch the preaching of your word. God, give me liberty and unction as I preach it. Lord, I pray, God, that the Spirit of God uh, would manifest yourself in our midst tonight through the preaching of the word of God. And I'll thank you for it. In Christ's name, amen. You can be seated tonight. Uh, I, I want to take just a little bit of your time and, uh, and, and finish, uh, or, or at least probably not finish, but, but preach another thought of this peacemaker uh, beatitude tonight. Uh, and really what I am interested in doing is answering the question, or maybe a couple, two or three questions, uh, one being what is a peacemaker? Uh, another question being, how do I become one? What does this mean to be a peacemaker? Uh, and, and, and knowing what we know now about the Beatitudes, having studied these previous Beatitudes up to this point, uh, one thing that we are pretty solid on is that just like the others, this is a paradox. And uh, because of that, the meaning of the Bible is uh, very probable uh, that it is not what man in his fleshly mind thinks when he thinks of being a peacemaker. I, I'm pretty sure tonight that when the Lord said, blessed are the peacemakers, he's not talking 
about what we in our fleshly minds would come up with as we consider a peacemaker. As a matter of fact tonight, uh, I would go even further and say that what this world is looking for, and I believe I've got Bible to back it up, I'll show it to you in a moment, but what this world is looking for when they are calling for peacemakers, uh, they say what we need is peacemakers. What they mean is that we need people uh, to quit being dogmatic so we can all get along. But I got a problem with that tonight because my Bible is dogmatic. Oh, I'm going to run that one by you again. I don't, I don't know if you believe that or not. My Bible, our Bible, is dogmatic about truth. There are some things tonight that I can't compromise. I can't back down. I can't back up. Somebody's going to be wrong. And it's not the Word of God. And yet God has declared that blessed are the peacemakers. And so the world's mentality is that you've got an opinion and you've got an opinion and if both of y'all be quiet and just let live and let be, we could all get along in peace. But that's not what makes peace. That'll make a cold war. That'll make a truce. That'll make problems go underground where they'll fester for 15 years. But you won't make peace by being quiet. You won't make peace by backing down. You won't make peace uh, by going silent. What you'll do is you'll just hide the frustration. You'll hide your beliefs. I got a feeling that's not what God was talking about when he said, blessed are the peacemakers. As a matter of fact tonight, what the world presents as peacemaking is not at all what the Lord Jesus presented. I got Bible on it. Uh, John, and you don't have to turn there yet, Uh, But John chapter 14, we'll be in John 4 in a minute. But I want to read you John chapter 14 tonight. This is what the Lord Jesus said to his disciples. Uh, Peace I leave with you. Well, I guess he's got the right. He's the maker of it. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. This is what the Lord said to his disciples. Peace I leave with you. My peace I leave with you. I give unto you, but watch the next statement, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Not as the world giveth. The Lord said what the world's looking for is not what I'm giving you. What the world is calling for is not what I'm giving you. What the world wants is not what I'm giving you. But I'll tell you what I'll give you. I'll give you my peace that belongs to me, that comes from me, that I am its origin and its maker and its giver. And if you want it, it'll come through me. Is there anybody in here tonight that has experienced the peace of God that comes from the Lord Jesus? It is more than what the this world is calling for in this hour. They say, well, we want peace in Iraq and we want peace in Iran and we want peace in Russia and peace in Ukraine and we want peace in Gaza and we want peace in Israel. And I'll tell you this evening, there will come a day that there'll be peace, but it won't be something a foreign leader or a diplomat worked out. It'll be when the Lord Jesus uh, sets himself up on the throne in Jerusalem and he will bring his peace. So you might might, might want to you might want to mark world peace off of your checklist tonight, because you can't bring that, and that's not what God's asking of you. You 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 can't 
You can't go into the peacemaking business of diplomacy where we silence everyone's opinions that don't agree with us. That's not what the Lord's calling for. And yet he said to his people, he said to those that were listening, uh, that if you want to live in the blessedness of God, uh, and you want to experience the promises that come along with it, blessed are the peacemakers. So what is a peacemaker? What does the Lord mean? I tell you, whatever it means to be a peacemaker, it is not what the world thinks it is. We know it to be a paradox. We know there is the progression and we'll see that as we continue on. And we know that there is the promise and we'll even look into that. But tonight, here's what I want to give you. Everybody in here, I mean you, I mean, I mean me and you, everybody in here can be a peacemaker. You can be. You're going to have to acquire certain traits of being a peacemaker, and, and, and I'll even show you how you get them. Uh, number one, I preached it last Wednesday night, so I won't take the time to preach it again tonight, but I'll, I'll give it to you if you wasn't here. Here's the first trait of a peacemaker. They are, and it's real simple, they are a partaker of peace. If you're going to be a peacemaker, you're going to have to know something about peace. You're going to have to be a partaker of peace. Simply put, you're going to have to have experienced peace in your life before you can ever bring that into somebody else's world. Uh, you'll have to know something about it. The old saying, uh, if it's down in the well, it'll come up in the bucket. And if it ain't down there, you can drop that bucket all day long and it ain't coming out. But if it's ever been put down there, if it's down there, it will come up in the bucket. You have to be a partaker of peace. Uh, in order to be a peacemaker, you have to know something about peace. You'll have to get it. And uh, I, 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 I emphasized this last week. I'll say it again briefly. You are at war with God. If you're here tonight and you're lost, you're at war with God. If you're here tonight and you're saved, but you're running, right now you're at war with God. You say, not me, preacher. I've, I've never been at war with God. Uh, I, I want you to think tonight about how we fight and oppose God. Uh, God will preach truth to us and we'll deny it. God will preach truth to us and we'll excuse ourselves. We'll say, God, God will say to a sinner, uh, through the preaching of the word of God, you're a sinner. And that sinner uh, will, will hear that and will make excuse for their sin. They'll try to pardon their sin. They'll say stuff like this, well, I'm not a sinner. Or they'll say stuff like this, well, I might be a sinner, but I'm not as bad as this sinner. Or they'll say stuff like this, well, I might be a sinner, but so are all them church people. Or, or they'll say stuff like this, well, I, I might be a sinner, but look what all I've done good. Certainly, all that I've done good will outweigh my bad. And, 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 and what you're doing is you are fighting what God said. God said this is the truth, and because you are at war with God, you are fighting what God says do. God might call you to the mission field and you'll say, God, I can't, I can't do that. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll start tithing. 
Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll start, I'll start teaching Sunday school. I'll sing in the choir. And all the while you are opposing what God is trying to do in your life. And no wonder tonight there's no peace. We, we, before you got saved, uh, you, you were at odds. You were at war with God. But you know what happens when a man gets saved or a woman gets saved? They come to an altar or they bow their head or they, or they, they, they say to the Lord somewhere in prayer, they say this, Lord, you're right and I'm wrong. Lord, I'm a sinner and you're right. Lord, I need help. I, I, and they may not use these words, but this will be from their heart what will take place. Lord, I surrender. I, I've been fighting you. I, I've been running. I've been hiding. I've been excusing myself, but I'm so tired. I don't want my pride to stand in my way. I don't want what other people's opinions are to stand in my way. I surrender. And the moment you surrender, do you know what happens? I tell you, peace comes into your life. What a miserable existence living under conviction. Do you remember when God, the Holy Ghost, put you under conviction? You remember, and I tell you what many people do, they'll, they'll, they'll make accusations against the church. They'll, they'll say, something, well, I ain't going over there with all them hypocrites, and that preacher's too loud, and that preacher's too quiet, and, and, and they make up all kinds of stuff, and, and them people's not this, and they're not that, and, and I'd go here, but I'm not going there, and, and you're running and hiding and excusing yourself, but when you enter into the peace of God, it's because you've said simply, God, I quit. I I quit running, I quit hiding, I quit excusing, I surrender, I need you and all the peace. That's why, that's why you watch them when they come to the altar. I mean, they look like they're about to choke on their way to the altar. They look like they're about to die. I mean, they look like, I mean, they look in bad shape. And they'll get down here on the altar and you can't hardly understand some of them. And they'll go to praying and about, they'll go to crying. And you know why all that is? Because all that war is in and all that trouble is in and all that running is nearly over. And they get overwhelmed by peace. Thank God for the Day that I quit running and ran into the peace of God. You'll have to be a partaker if you'll be a peacemaker. You'll have to be a partaker of peace. We run, we excuse ourselves, we defend ourselves, we deny God's word, we criticize other Christians, we hide from the truth, we run from the Bible, we avoid the church like the plague, all in an attempt to silence that war that's going on. It's called conviction. And it happens, and I'll show you this in a minute. It happens when one is confronted with truth. And when you're confronted with truth, that truth is an ever-living book. And it begins to work. And it goes to work. And it begins to con- Boy, you ain't never seen somebody in worse shape than a sinner under conviction or a child of God running from God. You can see it on them. And they'll lie to you too. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with me. You all right? Oh, yeah, I might never, never have been better. <laughs> They'll lie to you. You can see it at war. They're not at peace. God's wanting to make them a partaker. 
And so, first thing tonight, the first trait is that they are a partaker. The moment you get saved, all of that stops and there's peace. The moment you quit running, all that stops and there's peace. The second thing tonight, second trait, if you want to be a peacemaker, and the Lord told us to be, blessed are the peacemakers, and you have to be a partaker of that peace. But here's the second thing tonight, and I find this real interesting, and you'll see it, and we'll see it in John 4 as well. You'll see it playing out in your life. Uh, hopefully, uh, not only do you become a partaker of peace, you have to know something about it. It's going to be awful hard for you to describe how good it is to be saved when you've never been saved. And I do believe tonight that the gospel is so powerful and the word of God is so wonderful that a lost man can read the Bible to you and you can get under conviction and get saved and him not even know the Savior he's talking about. I do. But if you're going to bring peace into your world, if you're going to bring peace into your home, if you're going to bring peace into your church, into your family, then you're going to have to know something. And, and, and some of you, 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 all you've ever known is church, and all you've ever known is, is, is the Lord, and you grew up and God saved you at an early age, but there's some of you were grown when God saved you. Do you remember when peace went home with you for the very first time? What a change. Kids recognize that. Wives recognize that. Husbands recognize there is peace in her heart. And she'll recognize there is peace in his heart. You can recognize it in your children. If you're going to be a peacemaker, you have to be a peace partaker. But here's the second thing tonight. Not only a peace partaker or partaker of peace. Here's the second trait of a peacemaker. And it is a proclaimer of peace. Or maybe... I guess we'd use this word because it, it works, a preacher of peace. You want to be a peacemaker, the Lord said to be, then you'll have to be a partaker, but you'll have to be a proclaimer of peace. Uh, a, a, a peacemaker has something to tell. A peacemaker has something to share. A peacemaker has a message. He's run into some kind of truth that has so changed his life that, 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 that he's got something to say about it. I, I marvel tonight at so few people with so, or so many people with so few things to say about the peace that they claim that they possess. And I believe tonight you can be saved and not be a peacemaker. I believe tonight you can be saved and not tell about it uh, all the time as you ought to. But I tell you, you can't tell about it. You, you can't tell about what's happened if it ain't happened uh, and it be effective in the lives around you like you can if it has happened in your life. And that peacemaker, he's got something to say. See, see, there was a day in his life, there were days in his life and he didn't know peace. He didn't know truth. He didn't know Christ. He knew fighting. He knew cussing. He knew mean. He knew ugly. He knew bad. He knew hard. He knew life without God. He knew fear. He talked to you about fear. He knew, and he wouldn't admit it because he's, he's too big and bad to admit it, but he, he knows how he shrinks at night in his bed and as, he, and as his mind and his heart, that big man of stature, 
shrinks down to a little child in his heart as he worries over his soul, as he worries over his eternity, as he worries over if God's right, I'm in trouble, as he worries over if God's telling the truth and I'm in a mess and, and he'll get up the next day and he'll go on about his business. But oh, I'm telling you, I mean, he's in bad shape. But one day he goes down to church and he gets saved. One day he gets a track and he gets saved. One day he gets on an altar and he gets saved and the peace of God so overwhelmingly floods his soul that not only does he become a partaker of peace but he's run into truth so big that he wants to tell about it he is a proclaimer he'll say stuff like this let me tell you about what God did for me when I was in your shoes (laughs) he's a proclaimer now he might not even be a God called preacher but he's got a message and he's telling it she, she might not because she, she don't meet the qualifications of being a preacher. But boy, she's got a message to tell. And if you sit down with her long enough, she's going to tell you about where she was and what God did. Has anybody got a message tonight that you want somebody to know? I was once a sinner, but Jesus saved me. A peacemaker has a message. Funny thing about that message is, is it does through them or out of them what it did to them, to others now. That same truth that was proclaimed to them confronted them. And now they carry around that truth that had confronted them and now it confronts others. And you'll run into them And you'll run into them at church. And you'll run into them at the bank. And you'll run into them at the hardware store. And they'll have a song. And they'll have a message. And you'll run into them at Christmas. Because they, 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 they somebody in most families who know him. And, and you'll run into him everywhere you go or her. And, 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 and what used to be that was confronting him or her is now coming from him or her and confronting those around. Isn't that wonderful how the gospel works? <laughs> Just as it once confronted him, now it confronts from him. It's not a turning away from truth or an avoiding of the issue. It is... Not to be a peacemaker is not, well, I'm not going to bring up Christ because I know that it would cause division, so I'm going to be silent. Instead, it is knowing that this truth is the only truth that will set men where you work free that will set people in your town free, that will set people in your family free, and that not one single one of them at your Christmas party, not one single one of them in your family knows anything about peace. They don't have your peace. They don't know your peace. And the only way they're going to get it, I hope you all are hearing me tonight, the only way they're going to get it is not by you being silent, not by you not bringing it up, not by you skirting around the issue and acting like you're apologetic, that you're a Christian. But here's how they'll know peace. If they ever get confronted... By the same message that confronted you. If they ever run into the same truth that one day you run into. That rocks your world. Turns your world upside down. 
if it'll do for them what it did for you, then maybe there'll come a day that they know the same peace that you know. Well, I don't want to talk about him at work. I want to keep the peace. I don't want to talk about him at the family get together. I don't want to stir nothing up. I want to keep the peace. What peace? They ain't none of them got any. They don't know it. They don't know him. They don't have it. I tell you what they need is a good old fashioned confrontation with the truth of the word of God that they got to go home with. That word confronts. It confronts. Now, some folks ought to change their method. Some folks ought to change their mannerisms. And if you'll live for God long enough, He'll change your methods. You'll quit walking up and saying stuff like, Hey, you're you're a sinner and you're going to hell. Now, God might make you do that. That's probably not the best method all the time. Well, if I wrote low down as you are, and that might be true, that's probably not going to win them. And God will have to work on your methods to make you a peacemaker. And God will have to work on your mannerisms. Boy, I know as a preacher, he's had to change some of my methods. He's had to change some of my mannerisms. Because you just can't be rude about everything. But I'm going to tell you something. A peacemaker may change his methods and he may change his mannerism, but he'll never change his message. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's the peacemaker's message. Jesus said, all of sin comes short of the glory of God. And that's the peacemaker's message. Jesus said, there's none righteous, no, not one. That's the peacemaker's message. His message is the word of God. And it might confront you. It might challenge you. You might not like it, but it's not his job to make you like it. It is his job to bring it into your life. That will do in your life what it did in his or her life. Confront. And everybody deserves to be confronted with truth. Here's, here's the second thing about his message or her message. Not only is it confronting, but it is convicting. You get confronted with truth. And we, we hear this in the world we're in today. I wish, wish religious people would just be kind. And now the church world has kind of adopted. Uh, let's just don't bring up anything controversial. I'm sorry, but truth can be controversial. Don't bring up anything touchy. We don't want nobody to be offended. What they're saying is we don't want anybody to be confronted and we don't want anybody to be convicted. But I got news for you. You don't get saved until you get confronted and you get convicted by the Holy Ghost. That peacemaker, he may leave. You may never run into him again. But that word that he brought is so convicting. You may run into him. Are y'all hearing me tonight? You may run into him at Walmart. And he may say something in a checkout line. Like, I just want you to know, the Lord saved me from a horrible pit. And he can do the same for you. 
and he can leave and you'll never see him again. And you can forget what he looks like, but you'll hear that over and over and over and over and over again. He, he may be in the form of a preacher in a pulpit in church and you may show up on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night and you may sit in the pew and he may say, the wages of sin is death. And you hear he'll preach for an hour and you don't remember anything he said but one line of one verse and that'll be enough. You don't have to remember all I preach. But here's what I believe. There's so much power in that book. And the Holy Ghost knows how to use it. He can take one thing that I said and nail it into your heart. And you'll go home and not be able to sleep because of it. It's convicting. Huh. It's convicting. I remember when my brother Caleb got saved. I was preaching uh, on a Sunday night at Gospel Way Baptist Church. I was pastor here. I'd gone home to visit I was preaching that Sunday night. He still lived at home with my parents. And he came to hear me preach that night because mom and daddy made him. And, and, and my brothers were there. And, and here come Caleb. He's sitting back in the back where Brother Dan's at. And Miss Pat at Gospel Way Baptist Church, Ringgold, Georgia. And I remember I preached. And boy, I thought I did a pretty good job preaching. I really did. I, I preached and man, I had it all just right and God helped me. And I, I felt like I did a pretty good job preaching. And I, I gave the invitation and up he came. And I mean, I, I very, very few times I ever seen somebody, I thought they're running to the altar. And he run to the altar and got on that altar and asked the Lord to that night and God did. Man, I rejoiced. Bless the Lord. He saved him that night. And you know the first thing he testified? A little while after he said, I don't remember anything the preacher was preaching. <laughs> I thought, well, not anything? He said, I don't remember anything the preacher was preaching. Remember while he was preaching, that God was talking to me. I want to say hallelujah for a book, hallelujah for a word that will confront you and convict you Oh, what it is to be a peacemaker. God's offered that to all of us in here. Blessed are the peacemakers. It is convicting his message. I, I'll tell you something else tonight quickly about his message or her message. Not only is it confronting, not only is it convicting, but it is criticized. And you hear it criticized often. Sometimes from the church. Church people that are religious and don't know much about the Lord love to criticize Bible preaching. They love to criticize Bible preachers whether they're in the form of a God-called preacher behind the pulpit or in the form of somebody who likes just to go to Walmart or go down the street and tell folks or go to the family get-together. And then they'll be a member of the church and, and, they'll, and they'll go to Christmas dinner and, and, and Mr. Holy Roller and the family will say, I want to pray, and before I do, let me tell you all, if you're not saved, the Lord will save you. And, and, and their church member families will sit over there and mock at them and sneer at them and think, well, this ain't the place and time. Oh, you better believe tonight. Am I talking to anybody hearing me? They'll be criticized. Uh There'll be, I wrote several things down. I thought it was pretty good. I'll give it to you. They'll be called a bigot, a radical, a fanatic, a fool, 
small-minded, narrow-minded, big-headed, pig-headed, self-righteous, unrighteous, mean, hard, cruel, outdated, antiquated, unsophisticated, a jerk, a joke, and the problem with society. If they'd just be quiet, we could all get along. You might want to be careful that you're not the criticizer of the peacemaker. That you're not the one criticizing the one bringing some truth in a world without any. They'll be criticized. But he's not preaching for any of those reasons. He's not trying to be a bigot. I'll tell you why he's preaching. Why she's preaching. Why they're proclaiming. Because they know what happened to them was so good. That if it ever happened to you. It would fill you with the same peace. That it filled them with. That's why they're a peacemaker. I have got to tell. What happened to me. To somebody else. That needs it in their life. They'll, they'll, they'll be, their message is confronting. Their message is convicting. Their message is criticized. And I'll tell you one more thing tonight and I'll close with John 4. Their message is a choice. They can't make you experience the peace of God. All they can do is present it to you. Brother Dallas had a man sat on the pew with him Sunday morning who was at jail, in jail. And Dallas went down there to preach. I talked to a man on the phone last week who said, when I was in jail, Dallas and Jeff come down and preached to me. And Seth came and preached to me. He said, boy, you have no idea what that meant. And so these men go down to the jail. And many of them, they'll hear you and they'll go about their business. But every now and then there'll be one. And they'll say, I need that. And they'll make a choice that looks a whole lot like the one you made. When you got confronted and convicted. And you might have done your fair share of criticizing. But now you're on the other side. And the Lord has made you a peacemaker. <laughs> because you are a partaker. And now you are a proclaimer. You see that? Now, John 4. We'll close. I'll close. John chapter 4 tonight. And I just want to read a few verses. The woman at the well We'll, 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 we'll go down to verse number 13. Jesus has met this woman at the well. It's in the middle of the day. It's the time when women don't draw water from the well because this woman's in trouble and she don't want to run into anybody. She's trying to hide. But Jesus knows she's going to be there. Verse 13, he, Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up in everlasting life. The woman 
saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. Now Jesus is about to confront this woman. Now this won't fit modern day soul winning. This won't fit your mega church, your contemporary church mindset whose, whose, whose mentality is don't talk about people's problems. You don't want to... You don't want to talk, don't call stuff sin. That's offensive and obtrusive. The Lord opens up the conversation. Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus ain't going to let that lie. He said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. Watch this confrontation play out. Now I'm talking about a peacemaker. He's a proclaimer. She's a proclaimer. And they're going to, they're going to bring the same truth to you that was brought to them. Only in this instance, Jesus is that truth. Jesus said in verse 18, For thou hast had five husbands. You talk about confrontation. And he whom thou hast now hast is not thy husband. And that saidest thou truly. Confrontation. What, what was it that Jesus wanted this woman to have? Guilt? Shame? What was it that Jesus was wanting in her life to make her feel bad? Are y'all hearing me? Don't, don't quit on me yet. What was it that Jesus wanted? Was he trying to make her feel bad? Was he trying to, before he kicked her off into hell, let her know why she was going there? What was it that Jesus wanted in her life? I tell you, he wanted her to meet him. He wanted her to know peace. He wanted her to know the peace giver so that she could be a peace partaker. But there had to be a confrontation. He said, you said it right. You don't have a husband. You've got five. And the one you're with right now is not your husband. He said, well, I didn't come down here to be confronted with anything. That's why I was here hiding. That's why folks get, boy, I'm trying to quit. That's why folks get mad. Well, I didn't go to church to get confronted. I went to church to feel good. (laughs) I didn't know that preacher was going to confront me. I'm going to go find me a slick preacher who won't confront me. You better, you won't have to look hard. You'll find them. They're everywhere. They're a dime a dozen. Hirelings. I don't want to be. I went to that church and I thought I was going to feel good and I felt worse when I left than when I got there. Well, this woman went to the well hiding, ran into Jesus, and when he got to talking to her, he made her feel worse. But you're going to have to be confronted. And so here's what she does. He starts talking about her marriages and he starts talking about how the fact that the one she's living with right now is not her husband and he confronts her and she goes talking spiritual. And, and watch, watch what she says. The woman said, verse 19, unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art prophet. Our fathers... <laughs> this changed quickly. I've, I've had this conversation. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. We used to go to church here. In this mountain, she said. 
And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship? Now she's trying to argue with him a little bit. And here comes some more confrontation. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship! Ye know not what. You talk about, are y'all hearing me? Confrontation. You don't even know what you're worshiping. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called to Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Oh, she's, he's confronting her and she's trying to get religious and talk about how spiritual she is and he just hits her with a double confrontation. You ain't as spiritual as you think you are. You're worshiping and you don't even know what you're worshiping. Here comes the conviction. This woman's all messed up now. And when Jesus said, you know that Messiah you're looking for? Look again. You're looking at him. Oh, I remember when he said something like that to me. I'm him that you're looking for. I, I, I'm in the church and I am enjoying preaching. I am who you're looking for. And oh, God, save that girl because she got confronted and convicted. Look in, look in verse 39. Let's see, hold on. Yeah, verse 39. She went away, went home. Verse 29. Verse 28. Then the woman then left her water pot. She's so messed up in a good way, she forgot what she come there for. Well, I was going to church to feel good because it was Easter, and I'm happy if folks come. I ain't going to make fun of them for coming on Easter or Christmas, but if these folks show up Sunday morning, and it's the first time they've been to church in a year, I'm glad that they're there. But what she came there for ain't what she left there with. She's so beside herself, she left the water pot on on the well and went back home, verse 29. Come see a man. Verse 28, then the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men. She's going back. I got a feeling she's going and getting some stuff right. Ain't that amazing how the Lord will make you get some stuff right? Verse 29, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Now verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him. Watch this. For the saying of the woman, which did testify, which testified, he told me all that ever I did. Do you know what happened to her? It's the whole message I've been preaching. She became a peacemaker. She had to be a partaker. So she had to be confronted. 
And she had to get convicted, and she might have even done some criticizing, but she had to make a choice. And when she chose him, she went back home and became a, pro, a proclaimer of what had happened and said, I'm going to tell you all about a man and testified to them. Now, verse 42, and I close. And many more, verse 41, believed because of his own word, Jesus' word, but verse 42, and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. You know what it sounds like to me? They said, we believed you, but we met him ourselves. And now, now we know. And you know what happened to them? They become peacemakers. And what I'm trying to tell you is you're here tonight because some peacemaker in your life said, I want to tell you about a church. I want to tell you about a Christ. I want to tell you about the Son of God that can save you. And you came and got saved and now God's made one out of you and God will make one out of those that you reach. Blessed are the peacemakers. So you go to your Christmas party Sunday, Monday. You go to work tomorrow and you go to Walmart and you be a peacemaker bringing confrontation of the truth that it might bring a convicting word of salvation. Let's stand. You come to the piano tonight. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. May it confront us where we are tonight. May it convict us where we are. And Lord, may we decide, may we choose Christ in all that we do. Lord, would you help us in this invitation tonight? Maybe there's one lost I pray you'd save. And I pray, God, tonight you'd make peacemaker. Help us. Blessed are the peacemakers. Lord, help us to be proclaimers of peace. In Christ's name.